Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris, and I just want to thank everyone for the fantastic reception that Episode 1 has received. It has outperformed my wildest expectations, and bigger and better things are on the horizon. Now, take your favorite beverage of choice as we look at some of the biggest shows at the WWE Network. I have my cup of coffee right here. I went for a massage this week and the massage therapist said afterwards like I can tell from your body that you are severely dehydrated so I am trying to intake more water into my system drink more water but today I'm sticking with the coffee as per the title of this show so today we're going to be looking at the bunkhouse stampede from the NWA and Jim Crockett promotion The Bunkhouse Stampede was broadcast on pay-per-view on January the 24th, 1988, this past Friday as I record this, from the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. It was the fourth Bunkhouse Stampede event to be promoted by JCP, but the only one to ever air as a pay-per-view event. Now, I know at this time it has been well-documented that Dusty Rhodes and Jim Crockett were trying to take over the world that they wanted to branch out, compete with Vince McMahon, be in Hollywood, do movies. But when you think Jim Crockett promotions, there's nothing wrong with wanting to branch out, with wanting to be more successful, make the most money that you can. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But when you think of Jim Crockett promotions, you think primarily of the Mid-Atlantic area from the old Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Jim Crockett promotions home base. So what do they do with Chicago for Starcade? Take it out of Greensboro. Now their second event on pay-per-view. And you're in Uniondale, New York. Now the Nassau Coliseum may have been a big event for them. May have been very successful area for them to run. A very successful venue. But to me, do your first ones in your Greensboro then do one in Atlanta, maybe go back up, do one in Charlotte, do one in Roanoke at at that thing, in Norfolk, Baltimore. They finally go to Baltimore when they do their next pay-per-view, the Great American Bash, in the summertime. But by this time, you've already been snake-bitten twice, and you have all of these money woes. So... I I just don't get it. And they moved their offices out of Charlotte into Dallas. Now, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking or Monday morning booker. Look at this, and I'm not the first person to do it. I won't be the last person to do it. But why take all of this out of Charlotte? I'm saying run from there. Once a month, go to New York. The next month, go to Philadelphia. The next month, maybe go to Los Angeles. The next month, go to Dallas. 
Don't ignore your weekly stops, but do all that. Don't try to run all of them once a month, which is what they ended up doing and which is what ended up costing them. So, and Dusty was also getting burned out as a booker again. None of this is new. I'm not going over any new information, but that's what was going on. This is the second shot fired between the WWF and Jim Crockett Promotions. The WWF couldn't go the dual pay-per-view route again. Pay-per-view companies said no. So they did the next best thing, which we will discuss on next week's show. They did the Royal Rumble on USA Network up against the Bunkhouse Stampede. And we will go over a little while later, which JCP had the tendency to do shoot themselves in the foot. I'll go over that in a little while. But before the event aired live on pay-per-view, Sting and Jimmy Garvin defeated the Sheep Herders, Butch Miller, and Luke Williams by disqualification in a non-televised tag team match. It was supposed to be the Rock and Roll Express taking on the Sheep Herders, but Ricky and Robert left the promotion the day before this event. So we start our, out the pay-per-view with the opening credits, and then we see Nick, Nikita Koloff coming to the ring. Bob Call and Jim Ross welcome us to the finals of the Bunkhouse Stampede. Your ring announcer is Tony Giovanni, having the best mustache that the 80s can ever provide. And we start out with the NWA World's Television Championship match. The champion Nikita Koloff versus Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette. Bobby has got to wrestle because Koloff can't. They start out with a clean match and then it devolves. Koloff does play to his strengths, which are power moves. They go to rest holes on the mat. They eventually go to the outside. They brawl out there, but go back into the ring. Back in, Eaton then has the advantage. He hits the top rope leg drop. Koloff kicks out. Eventually, Koloff hits the Russian sickle on Eaton, but he can't cover. Eaton then puts him in a hammer lock. He hits two drop arm bars, but he can't get the submission. Koloff hits the sickle again, but time expires. Stan Lane comes out, and the Midnight Express jump Koloff. Now, regardless of the shots fired between both people, both the WWF and Jim Crockett promotions, they both choose to start out with a time limit draw on their events on this day. One on pay-per-view, one on um, cable television. But wouldn't you want a crazy match that you don't have to have somebody go over clean. It could be that the Midnight Express, Stan Lane comes out, Jim Cornette is there. They cheat but get caught by the ref and they sneak a victory or they get one over on Koloff, but it's then reversed, which you may not want to do that either there I think there are a million things you could have done without doing these time limit draws to start us off have a big melee have Nikita Koloff have them jump him and then him go over so both people remain strong without having to switch the belt but this is what they chose to do Jim and Bob talk about that last match before moving on to the next match the Western States Heritage Championship match. Barry Windham versus Larry Zabisco with Baby Doll. And they started out with Music Dub City to start. So it must have been some sort of a 
big time song that Vince McMahon doesn't want to pay the rights to. And I give him a lot of slack when it comes to this because it's diminishing rates of return. Now, if CM Punk comes back as I record this it's Sunday, if CM Punk comes back tonight at the Royal Rumble, which I don't think is going to happen, of course, you pay for cult of personality to bring him out. But the Bunkhouse Stampede 88, I wouldn't pay for that. Not unless it was very integral and really. The Western States Heritage Championship match, that was just craziness to start. Why not keep the UWF if you want to expand it out there? Keep the UWF title and have that defended west of the Mississippi. You do your NWA titles east of the Mississippi, and then once a year have them come up, but not going over any new ground again. Baby Doll goes right after Barry Windham before the match starts. And Jim Ross makes the comment after she hits uh, Barry Windham, she being Baby Doll, she hits Barry Windham in the chest and he says, how would you like it if he hit your, your chest? Now, I have the tremendous reputation, I guess you could say. My ex-wife said it a lot. I ruined a lot of songs for her. And I would do that by coming up with different lyrics to it or pointing something out. And she would say, thanks, Joel, you've ruined that song for me. When Jim Ross says, Barry Wyndham should hit Baby Doll in the chest and see how she likes it. Thanks, Jim. You've ruined the Western States Heritage Championship for me. In the match, though, Larry Zabisco comes out quick. Wyndham is up to the challenge, so Zabisco classically stalls, as only Larry Zabisco can. They do some chain wrestling, and Wyndham is constantly frustrating Zabisco. Zabisco then gets Wyndham down and works the leg. Wyndham is so athletic trying to get out of it. Wyndham goes up top, Zabisco moves, and then takes over. You have a back-and-forth match. Wyndham is selling his knee hard. They show a girl in the crowd who looks like she doesn't know where she is. They go outside to fight for a bit. Wyndham's po- Wyndham posts Zabisco. Zabisco falls coming back from the Irish whip as Wyndham, who was going for a bulldog or a lariat, and Wyndham goes flying out. Watch this section. Zabisco then takes advantage. Later, they both go down, and Wyndham reverses an Irish whip and then reverses it back to the same corner he was coming out of, and the referee gets knocked down. Baby Doll takes off her high heel shoe and Zabisco nails Wyndham with it and he gets the pin and the championship. This is after Wyndham had hit his uh, move. He gets on top. Baby Doll hits the mat three times. The referee is still not down, but Wyndham thinks that the ref hit the mat three times. He jumps up. He gets nailed with the shoe, pin, and we get a new Western States Heritage Championship. A championship that, I might add, Larry Zabisco still holds today. We go then to our NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match. Ric Flair with J.J. Dillon versus Road Warrior Hawk with Paul Ellering, who has hair here, and it looks very strange. Hawk no-sells the chops from Flair, so Flair closes the chop house and withdraws. The famous Flair chop house. Hawk does power moves, again, going to your strengths. You look at Hawk, he's not your scientific wrestler. People want to see him just demolish Ric Flair and use his power moves, so that's what he does. 
Flair does a fantastic sell job here. He then opens the Flair Flophouse, which he also does really well. Flair's getting beat from pillar to post. Hawk is dominating Flair, and Flair is making him look good. Flair goes to take a breather. Hawk follows. Hawk throws the ring steps at Flair. Back in, Flair hits a low blow. Flair takes over on the knee. Flair finally gets the figure four on. Hawk fights to turn it over and gets it. Flair gets to the ropes. Hawk accidentally hits the referee after clotheslining Flair. Flair gets clotheslined over the top rope. They both go out. Flair bleeds. Hawk takes over, but there isn't a referee. Hawk hits a superplex. J.J. Dillon comes in and hits Hawk with a chair. Hawk then goes after J.J. Flair then hits Hawk with the chair. Hawk still kicks out onto Hawk no-sells the suplex. Flair hits him again with the chair for the disqualification. They then set up the cage for the bunkhouse stampede. Bob and Jim talk about the last match and about the finals of the bunkhouse stampede. I'm surprised they did not take out the old video of Nelson Royal explaining what the bunkhouse stampede was. I don't think Nelson was in the territory at this point. But send him $200 in the mail and say, we're going to run this again, Nelson, if you mind. Or, even if you don't mind, it's our video. They then run down their credits. In other words, they need to stall for time. Because, to be fair to them, it takes a while to put a cage up around the ring. They go over the rules for the stampede. You go out if you are thrown out of the cage or out the door to be eliminated. So, as anything goes bunkhouse battle royal with a cage around the ring. They then review the Barry Wyndham Larry Zabisco match. They talk about the men in the bunkhouse stampede and finally we get to go to the bunkhouse stampede. The bunkhouse stampede final. Your, your participants are Dusty Rhodes, Road Warrior Animal, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, Ivan Koloff, The Warlord, Arn Anderson, and the Barbarian. Now, six and a half years after this, in my little home area, the Barbarian was wrestling Rob Van Dam in a no disqualification, anything goes, no count out street fight. And he is outside of the ring choking Rob Van Dam while Rob is laying uh, down on a table. So he's choking him down while Rob is laying on the table. Out of nowhere, my best friend, his brother-in-law, who at the time is probably 100 pounds soaking wet, real scrawny guy, who thinks it's all real, comes out of the crowd and hits the barbarian with a chair to the back. They say that you have never seen Confusion, like you have seen on his face, when the barbarian goes up and looks around like, that's not supposed to happen. And as he turns around, they're carting the guy off, who was threatening to kill the barbarian, who would have killed him with both arms tied behind his back and hopping. On one leg. So that's my barbarian story. 
back to this match. They all start going after each other. The forearms are just flying. Lots of shoving and rubbing against the cage. Dusty Rose was close to elimination, but pulls out a stay. Ivan Koloff is bleeding. So was Tully Blanchard. Unlike Starcade, they do say DDT this time. They avoided saying DDT at Starcade, but now they say DDT. Because Anderson hits one. Both he and Blanchard are bumping machines in this contest. Animal gets busted open. The crowd gets into it as Rose gets Blanchard's belt and hits everyone. Anderson is bleeding. It slows down as people are being worn down. Blanchard tries to pull Cole off through the door. Koloff gets thrown over. Warlord and Animal then get thrown out. Anderson, Luger, and Blanchard all out the door as the horsemen were trying to get Luger out. They all three get eliminated. Paul Jones slips the Barbarian something. He hits Rose and then headbutts him. Rose gets Barbarian up and gives him two bionic elbows and Barbarian goes out and Dusty Rose is your winner. Bob and Jim recap the night and sign off and a recap package is shown of the night. Now this event did not meet with success because Rose booked himself to win every Stampede final. The event was also marred by having the wrong time printed on the tickets and a majority of the fans missed the first half of the event. You can't get out of your own way if you're Jim Crockett Promotions at this point. It just seems like at every turn something goes wrong. So there's a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at the Joey Harris. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey Harris saying so long from Stately Maine Man. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 